When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wondering what's next in your business or personal life? Welcome to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all of life's challenges, discoveries, and opportunities. Whether you're seeking a new career, retirement, or simply wanting to make an impact in your community or the world, join Jen Duplessis and her guests as they explore how to start, what to do when you're in the thick of a change or growth, and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Boom. Okay, welcome back to this episode. I am delighted and I will tell you all, this has been a challenge for both me and my guest today because fourth time or third time, maybe we're in the fifth time is a charm in getting ourselves together and having the technology to be able to do it. So um, without further ado, I want to introduce you to Michelle Nedelik and let me just tell you a little bit about her in her um her brief bio here, and then we're going to dig into some um, real exciting things that I'm going to be asking her today. And I, th- I bet you haven't been asked some of these questions before, uh, Michelle, but she is the founder. She, along with Brad Mooney, are the founders of Awareness Strategies Incorporated. Um, they've dedicated their careers to helping entrepreneurs become millionaires, which I want to find out how do you do that? Uh, because everyone wants to know that, um, how that happens. But in doing so, by helping entrepreneurs um, implement the right systems, and I, I know we're going to be talking about that a little bit more, gain the financial freedom, but also the time and creative um, freedom that they have sought after when they started their companies, which is so in alignment with what I do, but you do it in a different way and through di- you know a lot of digital pieces of this. And you particularly focus on marketing automations and strategies around that. And specifically, you talk about strategy systems and state of mind, which we're going to talk about um, as we as we go through this process here today. But welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you finally here at the show. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and excited to see how it all works out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I've been on your podcast as well. So we'll make sure that we have the link to your podcast show um, so that everyone can get more bandwidth there, more exposure for you as well. But I want to start um, because I, I really want to just start with why it's important. Um, you know, let's start with this because I, I'm so excited to get here. Just going to go there now. Going to go there right now. <laughs> I okay. want to play a game called, <laughs> go there. called stop or don't do that, do this. Because I know this is one of the things that that drives you crazy with all of us entrepreneurs, right? And why we don't have the followers we want or the leads coming through our digital world. And maybe we can do a don't do this and, and do that or, or don't do that and do this because I know everyone is spending their time working on their social media. 
There's a lot of people who hire people to do their posting and they're this, that, and the other. We've heard different things like use, use hashtags, don't use hashtags, use emojis, but not too many, too many hashtags. Don't put a link in, put a link in. Um, put the link in 70 seconds afterwards and you'll get the bigger, you know, it'll move to the top. I'm so <laughs> sick of hearing all of this that whenever I bring someone on who talks about digital strategies and automation and social media, I really feel like a lot of our listeners feel that they it fall, this falls on deaf ears. We're, we're so over it, so to speak. So let's do a don't do that, do this. And let's start with what you think is the number one thing that people are doing that is wrong and what they need to be doing that is right and why. Well, the number one thing people need to do is their business in the right order. <laughs> Because without it being done in the right order, you end up with a house made of straw, basically, that falls down. I mean, it, it's it's really as simple as that. Anybody that builds a house knows how to build a house, you would hope. They start at the foundation, they work their way up, but most of them will dig something down into the ground first before they start building it up. People in business go into business because they got a great idea and they're super excited about it. And they really don't have any business concept, which is great. I'm not against that at all. However, I am all for, <laughs> you might want to figure it out faster than, uh, faster than you want to, let's put it that way. And I think in that people need to understand that there's basically four different stages of business. One is your startup phase, and then you go into your growth phase, then you go into scaling, and then you go into an exit strategy. Most people want to start at scaling, which is why they're throwing tactics at the wall, trying to figure out what works. And they haven't backed up the bus yet to figure out that they're just in the startup phase. And the startup phase is a super fun phase. It's where you get to be creative. It's where you get to try things out. It's where you get to talk to people and see what they want and how they want it and whether or not what you're saying works. All that kind of crazy fun stuff. But it can also get really frustrating when the things that you're putting out there aren't hitting their mark. And that becomes the frustrating part. And people are going, well, let's just go to Facebook ads. Then I hear a lot of people make a lot of money in Facebook ads. <laughs> it's like, yes, they can, but they're usually in the scaling phase of their business at that point. And I'll tell you why in a little bit. So being able to look at your business and let's assume that you're not in that million dollar mark yet, which to me is saying that you're not really in the growth phase yet. Uh, you, if you're approaching a million, you might be depending on your business structure and how it's set up. So in the startup phase, what you really want to do is absolutely nail down, and you've heard this a million and one times before, is nail down your avatar. Who is your client and what pain points do you solve for them? And the problem with it is most people are, one, afraid to talk to either their clients, they're afraid to talk to the market, they're afraid to talk to their past clients, and they don't go out and do a little bit of market research to find out, you know, what am I really selling you? What did you really get out of the things that I did for you? And it's especially difficult if somebody's selling a widget or a game or something that you're going, well, I'm selling you the game. Well, that may or may not be true. And we've seen it all in a lot of advertising, especially in the bigger advertising, right? Nike doesn't sell runners. They, they sell a lifestyle of action and just doing it. Mm -hmm. And to be able to really wrap your head around that, I'm not buying a runner. I, I particularly don't care. You can line six of them up in front of me. I can put one on if it fits great. Life is grand. If I pick one over the other, there's a reason for it. And that's the reason you want to know. <laughs> so coming back into businesses, one, we have to 
in some sense, focus on the clients and what they want and understand the problem that you're solving. And yet at the same time, not listen to your audience and do what they want you to do, <laughs> because that also creates problems. As Henry Ford once famously said, if I asked people what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse, right? He had a vision of what he wanted, which was awesome. And then you want to find out, is it that they want to go faster? Great. Then sell speed. That's what you're <laughs> not speed, the drug, but speed isn't going faster. It's being able to understand that concept in business. So then we go back and we go, okay, it's not about a bunch of tactics and throwing tactics at the wall and seeing how do we get a hold of people. It's about having a strategy of who is that ideal client? Where do they hang out? What do they want to hear from me? How do I nail in that message as fast and as effectively as possible and then send it out 101 times? The other mistake we make, we get super afraid of, well, I, I sent out an email twice and nobody answered. What, did they get the email? <laughs> like we were afraid of putting ourselves out there a little too much because of the feedback that we might get. So then it really all comes back to what you were saying earlier, that it comes back to strategies, systems, support, and state of mind. When you come back to that over and over again, it's like, okay, what strategy we have? Are we sticking to it? What systems do we need in place in order to make that happen? What support do we need to implement that and leverage your time? And then what do I need to wrap my head around in order to make this move forward on a consistent basis? So that was a long answer for a, a brief <laughs> intro to more of what we're going to be talking about. Great. You did. All right. So let me ask you this question. Um, you know, I love your, I love your analogy, you know, of a straw house, et cetera. You know, this is something that I talk about too. And matter of fact, I use the word formulation as opposed to starting out, you know, it's the same kind of thing. You know, we would never go out and buy a bunch of products at Home Depot and throw it onto some land and say, well, I hope when it's done, it's beautiful. I don't know what I got. I don't, I didn't have a plan, right? I didn't have a plan in sight. Right. Um, and then you hire your nephew to go and throw some of it together and hope it works. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's he first about <laughs> it. And then you have everybody telling you, well, that'll never work anyway, because they've never built a house to either. But, um, you know, I think what, um, what, what I'm thinking about is, is you're talking about this, you know, in this, in this initial stage, and especially when you're talking about the beta testing, about problem solving, et cetera, I do think that people are, uh, more about the shoe, the feature and not about the benefits or the results. Um, so there's two questions I want to ask you here. One is, you know, how, uh, what, is there a twisted way that you can, that, that someone could get, do a test to know that they're talking about a feature versus a benefit. It maybe it's so what, or and what, yeah. which means to me, or you know, maybe there's something something in there. And the second thing, and I learned this lesson too, is you know, having been in the mortgage business for thirty, well, it'll be forty years in March that I'm technically you know involved in it. Um, having been in it for congratulations, so long, like, that's awesome. Oh well, I'm not actually in it. I own a mortgage company, but I'm not in it. But but the thing is. Um, you know, yeah. When, uh, you know, and I think about that, that beta testing, when I made the transition, you know, to being a speaker and a coach and a mentor for loan officers, I, uh, I said, well, I already know what their problems are because I was one forever. 
So I already know their problems, but I actually it was a mistake of mine because my challenges were different than the people that I was trying to serve. My challenges were high level challenges. Um, and I had in, in, yes, I remember the low level challenges. I remember how I felt, et cetera, but it's a different time. And what I learned was I had to capture their words not my words. I was trying to come up with, you know, fancy wancy words of, you know, this is, you know, the problem I'm trying to solve for you. I can't even think of what I wrote at the time. But when I started actually talking to people, they would say, I'm so sick of my business owning me. And I go, oh, I guess that's a word I have to use. I'm, I am sick and tired, right? Um, I'm, I'm tired of the chaos. I just, I want peace. And these are words. You really want to capture the emotional words that they use. And, and, uh, and to your point, absolutely. Oftentimes because people have overcome the struggles of it, they absolutely forget the vocabulary that they had, right? If you ask me what kind of mindset I was in when I first started my businesses, I'd be totally off the wall because my comprehension, if you ask me certain questions about problems, I'm like, that is, that's not a problem. That's not even a challenge. Like, that's just something I do every day. (laughs) You overcome this and this is not a problem. Mm -hmm. But at the time when I started my business, it was a huge problem. I lost a ton of sleep over things that now are just kind of day-to-day operations and we just do them. So to your point, do this, don't do that. Let's get some laser ones of those do absolutely find out what your potential clients pain points are what their emotional words are around those and use their exact words don't paraphrase it just use their exact words and if you find out and interview them and say what are your fears what are your challenges what keeps you up at night use those words in your marketing find out if they could wave a magic wand what would they want to have happen use those words in your marketing and don't paraphrase do absolutely go after your ideal client. They are out there, find them. Do not do what we call mirror marketing, which is selling to yourself because you are not your ideal client. You are at least one step up from your ideal client. You at least know how to play the game. They don't, they're no matter what, it's not you, it's about them. Next thing to do is listen to your clients, but don't expect to do what they tell you to do. Your client is not always right. That's why you want to interview a ton of people to find out what the general consensus is and, and operate from that premise. When you wake up in the morning, do not read your emails looking for what you need to do that day based on what your clients tell you. Always go set up a strategy, go find a coach, find somebody that's awesome that you can work with, figure out how to strategize your business and go by that gameplay every single day. It's like you're a football player, a baseball player. You're going by the game plan. You're not going by just random. Hey, it's nice out today. I think I'll go do this. <laughs> That's a terrible way to run your business. It's a fun way, but it's a yeah. terrible way. <laughs> right. Second thing is don't listen to your staff. So you hire people and, and there's an expression out there that says always hire the best. And I get that that is terrifying when you first start out your business yeah. because you're thinking, I don't have the money to do that. Ask more questions than you spend money. So do this, ask more questions, don't do spend money first, ask questions later. And what that'll do is it'll get you in the consultation of really smart people that you'll figure out stuff, even in the 30 minute conversations that you're having with them that are free, which are awesome. Don't keep doing that, but find the one that you're looking for and figure out and ask them, how do I afford you so that I can continue to getting, 
the money that I need to be able to spend on you. And people that are really good at what they do will know how to do that so that they're spending money based on not what you're going to make. It's not that kind of a deal, but they know they have a certainty that you're going to be able to make that kind of money and stick with them. That's their end game. So it's really tempting to hire somebody and train them or get them to learn the system. It's a terrible way to do it. Don't do that. And whatever you do, don't ask your staff what's easiest for them and then run your business off of that. That'll kill you. (laughs) That's about eight of them. Yeah, I know. Well, there's a, I mean, and and this is all startup, you know, and I know that some of these go into scaling as well and, and all of that, but, but really in the startup phase, I think I can some, I would like to sum that all up is don't think like an employee, (laughs) right? Don't think like an employee (laughs) and, and go to my manager and ask questions and show up and, you know, do what I'm told versus having a strategy, you know, and thinking forward. So I think that's probably the biggest thing is stop thinking like an employee and start thinking like a business owner and, and run, make sure you've got those systems in place. So that was the first stage of it. So the second stage was what I know scaling, but what was the second stage growth phase? Doing Second what? one is growth phase, which oh, a lot gosh, of entrepreneurs okay, yeah. growth. <laughs> yeah, reason why, I'll the say reason as many why, times yeah, I know That's... the reason why it caught me off guard um, is that I was looking for another yep. S word. <laughs> right. Ah. Yeah, I was thinking there was an S word. I will find you another S word for growth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the growth phase. So the, what are some the growth phase is? Well, let's kind of define what that is, is the growth phase is when you figure out what works and you start to hone in on that thing that works and you start to let go of everything else. The problem with that phase from a mindset point of view is that usually the entrepreneurs get bored because they're doing the same thing over and over and over again. And the way I describe it is this, the Rolling Stones have a certain set of songs. Yeah, I'm aging myself. Pick your favorite band. They have a, a certain set of songs that they will play over and over and over again because the audience wants them. That's your growth phase. It's that phase where you're singing the same song over and over and over and over and over again. And some people, entrepreneurs, (laughs) tend to get bored with that. And that's okay, because that's also the phase where you want to put people in place to do the things that you don't like to do. And that's when you discover what you don't really like to do. So if you're doing something that's totally busy and not productive to the profitability of the business, you don't necessarily want to get rid of that so much as you want to focus on, okay, but who do I need in place to be able to do the thing that is making the money, to sell the thing that is profitable, to be able to hone in on that one product, that service, and be able to take it out to market effectively. And in some cases, some entrepreneurs really should sell their business at that point, And they just don't have the wherewithal to do it because they're like, who would buy this? A lot of people would buy that because you finally got through the mumble jumble and got to the thing that actually sells and makes money. A lot of people will buy your business at that point. So it's super important at that phase that you're focused in on. It's kind of like the story of Apple when Steve walks in and he goes, okay, we're doing this one product, everything else goes. That's the phase. And it's terrifying to a lot of businesses, but it's also liberating, exhilarating. You found your signature talk, you found your thing that works. You found your Michael Jordans, if you want to put it that right. way. We'll stick right. You found your niche. I is mean, being you've... able to kind of hone in on that. Yeah. Yeah. You're finding your yeah. niche too. And, you know, I think, I think this is a really important, I mean, gosh, Ford did that. You mentioned him earlier, right? That's what he did is he just made the same, 
you know, made it over and over, got it more efficient, made it more affordable so that more people can buy. But, but to your point, yeah, this boredom phase, you know, I, and I know you're experiencing it because you're telling us the same story that you've probably told on other podcasts or taught, taught to people. I've told the same Jenny who ain't got a penny story. I've told the same restaurant story. You know, I, I use the same mantra, you know, over and over and over, but what we fail to remember in it, and we can just look in our bank account to identify this, we fail to remember is that no one's heard of this. We go, everybody's heard this story a hundred times. No, they haven't. Go look at your bank account. Your bank account will tell you how many people have heard it. There are millions, thousands, millions of people out there that are, that haven't heard your story yet. So that's the one thing we have to understand about that. And it, and it works, right? I love that. I love that. Um, you know, and, and you know, I'm, this is where I'm a proponent of, yeah, build your team, build a world-class team, make sure that they're better than you at everything that you're doing. Not okay, not just a little better, but really, really good. They're a rock star. They can play their instrument better than anybody else can. Um, I love that. Okay, so let's talk about scaling. Let's talk what happens when we get to scaling and what people do and don't do to scale. Because you know, there's a, I scaled, I retracted. I scaled, I retracted. I scaled, I retracted. There's this constant back and forth and they can't seem to get past that, you know, point where they could sell if that's what they wanted to do. Yeah. And scaling is all about replacing yourself. Mm -hmm. So it's that point. Once you've got that message, you've got that signature program. Now you have to put the people in place in order to be able to um, stabilize that growth. So mm -hmm. you want to be able to, then you're hiring the best salespeople. You're spending a lot of money on them right. and that's okay because they're bringing in a lot of money. You're hiring the best tech teams, the best accountants, the best whatevers to be able to do that. And, and you are consciously removing yourself from the business completely so that somebody else can come in and just buy it. But the scaling phase is fantastic because it's the phase where you can put a dollar out in advertising and get $2 back. And at that phase, and you might be going for the higher ones, it might cost you $10 a lead. It might cost you $100 a lead, but you're making $20 or $200 on it. So it's being able to then, you're throwing money at your problems basically in the scaling phase, but that ability to do so then gives you that kind of hockey curve growth chart because now the experts are doing the thing that they know how to do and they love doing the same thing over and over and over again really, really well. And that's what you want to do. As soon as you have that system in place that's proven itself, then you get to go to the actuary and go, okay, let's go appraise the business, see how much it's worth, see who wants to buy it and sell it to the top bidder and life is grand. That way you get the fun part, which is the acquisition of that immediate wealth that you get to then turn around and go, okay, now what do I want to do? And if you're the startup person and doing a thing, you can do fantastic amounts with that because it's exponentially higher than it was when you started the first one. Or even if you just want to go in and buy somebody else's growth business and take it to the scaling point again, you can do that too. Yeah. I love that. I love that you said exponential because that's the word I was using. You know, this is where the exponential growth comes in and it allows for you to take risk to gain exponentially. And I'm not saying to take, you know, silly risk, but, it, but it does allow you to take on a little more risk, you know, put a little more money in a little more skin in the game so that you can have the exponential growth, you know, that you're speaking to. And, and of course the hockey stick, I call that the momentum phase, but yeah, that's, um, 
you know, definitely where you get, you get that momentum because you're moving, you know, this moving things along. What do people do wrong during this phase that we've defined the phase, but now what are people doing wrong? Um, and I'm going to ask you what you think about this one question, because this is drives me nuts. Yeah. I just need a mini me. And, and usually I find that then that question drives me crazy too, is that they're not looking for a mini me at the scaling phase. They're usually looking for a mini me um, in between the startup phase and the growth phase, because they're starting to get beyond a 12 hour day. So they've exasperated themselves. They've exhausted themselves. And now I just need somebody to do things the way I do them as good as I do them so that, you know, the world will know who I am. Yeah, it's very kind of, right, right. Uh, I like to say it's kind of an egotistic phase because in all, in all reality, it is an egotistical phase. But when we're doing it, we're just worried about our baby. Our business yeah. is our baby and we love our baby. And we don't want anybody else to drop our baby. And I totally get it. Mm -hmm. But you need to be able to, just like a new mother, <laughs> be able to let somebody else take over your baby. And, yeah, and that, the biggest them. problem I find is because people are looking for mini-me's, they're not finding people that are really good at bookkeeping, that are really good at taxes, that are really good at tech and, and handing them over to them. Because somebody that's really good at tech can take your baby and knows how to deal with it better than you do, which mm -hmm. is great because then you're going, oh, okay, I think I'm the best at this. You've kind of proven that you're better than me. So it should, in theory, be easier to hand the baby over to them. Sometimes it's not. And that's where the mindset comes. <laughs> yeah. And that's that absolutely, that's where the mindset and letting go, because, you know, I think uh, this is the law of diminishing return as well, right? Where um, you have, you have uh, the thought of, Hey, I'm perfect at doing this. I'm, I'm the best mom if we're using this, but you know, I'm a hundred, I, I can operate at a hundred percent. I can take care of every client that comes to me. I know how to do everything. I can do my bookkeeping. But when you start scaling, when you start making that transition and crossing that gap, right. And you're, and you're doing that, um, you start mm -hmm. diminishing your capability because of all the activities that are going on. And, and what we don't see is I'm actually functioning at 60%, not where I used to function at a hundred, I'm functioning at 60%. Mm -hmm. And there are cracks in everything. I'm forgetting to do things, right? All, all those things are falling through the cracks. And yet we're out there mm -hmm. trying to find someone who is perfect. And maybe they aren't perfect, but they're 10%, mm -hmm. 20% better than you right now that later you can bring on the big guns, but right now you need to find someone who can, who can help you be better than who you are right now. And really recognizing that. Then I think, let me just ask you this too, you know, climbing the ladder of success, and I'm not talking about a corporate ladder. I'm talking about the ladder of success. Each rung represents a different revenue, right? For mm -hmm. you. Sometimes, unless you're a barrel of monkeys and you've got, you know, 30 feet long, you know, wingspan, the people, the people that help you in the beginning may not be the people that help you in the end as you climb that ladder. Their skill set isn't there. They don't grow with you. Talk to that. Talk about that a little bit about letting go, because I've heard a lot of people say, yeah, but they've been with me for 15 years, but they're not serving you where you're at or where you want to go now. Absolutely. So there are... Uh... 
I was going to say there are exceptions to that, but it, it's in a, in a very exceptional way. So the issue is once you've found your niche market, you got to understand that you, you will help them from point A to point B. As soon as they get to point C, they need somebody else to be able to take care of them at that point because your specialty is A to B. The exact same thing is going on for the people that you're hiring in your company. Their specialty is from point A to point B. And, and it's not like there, it's just not their specialty in their area of expertise to go into that. I was going to say the exception to that is somebody that has found say an executive assistant, but they've, they've run three businesses before and they find this executive assistant that can then help them to start their fourth and their fifth. But that's even then <laughs> they're still in their their level of expertise is you have to have started three businesses before so that you know what you're doing so that you know how to give directions so that you know how to give things over to somebody else and then that person then takes them and and runs with their expertise so it's i think it's kind of obvious after you've run a business for a few years that people that start with you aren't going to be the ones that end with you yeah and the exceptions are businesses that just want to grow to a certain phase and they don't want to grow anymore. Like yeah. they get to the executive's level of comfort and the executive just doesn't want to grow beyond that. Then it becomes an employee kind of sanctuary where everybody gets to kind of master their level of expertise and stay in their comfort zone. But the problem with that is that the market and the world around you is still going to change and still going to expand. So now you have this external problem, which wouldn't have been a problem other than you've kind of go to back to the house metaphor. You've built your house in a river and yeah. the river is going to change over time, whether you want it to or not. So now that you're <laughs> kind of stuck there, um, right. now you have to deal with certain unpredictabilities that you wouldn't have been. Right. That wouldn't have been an issue well, if you had more flexibility. Yeah. And I and I think, you know, um, one thing to understand, I, I believe in the startup phase, and this is something that we use in real estate investing, you know, that I that I've used in my in my own business, you know, real estate investing is what is my exit strategy and is there an exit? Because sometimes there isn't. Sometimes this is a maintain, you know, maintenance mode, a maintaining. Um, like you said, it doesn't want to grow anymore. And and to your point, you said, you know, they stopped growing and and you know now they're being drifted down the river. Um, I'm talking about maintenance where we we continue to um, innovate, we continue to do things, but we don't want to grow, you know, exponentially. I mean, I can tell you, my coaching practice is like that. I I want 50 clients and that's it. I had 53 one time and I was like, whoa, too many clients. I know my number and I want to maintain, but I want to continue to yep. innovate within the 50. Yep. I'm not just saying, oh, I have 50. I'm stopping. People are going to leave. People are going to come in. Yep. I'm going to learn. Others are going to bring new personalities in, right? There'll be a constant innovation in a maintenance mode. But don't you think when people start their business- As long as you're consciously aware of that. Right. As long course. as you're consciously aware of that, because I know you've had clients that are like, and then I'm afraid. And that that's yeah. the border that you don't want to hit. Right. Because yours is a fantastic one. Yours starts with my end game is I want this lifestyle, period. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Right. How do we achieve that lifestyle? Okay. We go and get you 50 clients. Awesome. Fantastic. Okay. Now, you know, where does the lifestyle go and who are you dealing with and how does that bring your business or your your everyday life to life, right? What gets you excited about it? 
And it could be that they're excited that they're newbies, that they're, you know, just starting to learn this, or it could be that they're all in the retirement phase and they're, they're acquiring that wealth in the retirement plans. And we're setting those up for them, both of which are awesome and fantastic. And consciously, you know, where do you want that to go? And do you see how that's going to change in five years from now, based on markets, based on retirement plans, based on, you know, people aren't having five kids, they're having two kids, or they're not having two kids, they're only having they're none. <laughs> so, right. Or so for babies. Yeah. For babies. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, right. and I think that, I think that that's great. And, and, I, and, I, and this is a, it's something that I think business owners need to be doing is they're saying, you know, Hey, I want to start, I want to have, you know, a certain amount of clients and we all do the numbers. We all, we all have that. We do those numbers, but I think as you're going through the sale, the scaling phase and you're almost to that goal that you have, I think you start looking back, you know, looking in the rear view mirror and having some reflection of, uh, you know, the compilation of the 50 may need to change. And that's what I'm saying about some innovation and, and really recognizing what you truly want to do. And I think that during that scaling phase, you do discover some reformulation or foundation or startup um, tactics that you put into play that maybe you want to regurgitate or think again. And I, I mean, the example for me is, you know, when I tell people I have 50 clients, like, oh my gosh, they automatically think I do 50 private coaching sessions. Well, I don't. I don't coach 50 people <laughs> private. No. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? No. That would be so, that'd be a whole week out of a month, you know? <laughs> You're like, no. And that's more than the week I work, right? right. If I do an hour. So, so no, I would never do that. So there's a, absolutely. a mix of everybody. So let's talk. But yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, let's talk particularly about real estate investing as a business and in like, let's take your kind of ideal client or the ones that approach you the most and what did they need to know in order to be able to bring their goals and dreams to fruition? Because I think it's great to have outside analogies so that you go, oh, okay, now I see how that relates to my business and here's where I am right now. And I need an answer to this problem. And, and that's what we're here to do obviously is, to look at their business and go, hey, if you're looking at getting, you know, 50 doors, what does that look like? If you're looking at commercial apartments, what does that look like? And how do you attain that, especially from where they're at? Yeah, I, I think so. And I think that happens in all businesses, regardless, you know, what it is. I mean, I don't coach uh, real estate investors. <laughs> I'm an investor. It's different. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't coach real estate investors. I, there are gurus out there to do that. I don't coach them. I just provide them with financing. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And I think that this is true in all businesses, you know, is that what you want, you think, you know, you you do as much work as you can to to identify what you truly want. But as you scale, I think you start going back and re revisiting. I'm not, I'm not saying second guessing. I think you just revisit, um, recalibrate, no. you know, what you have, you built it. Now you have it, but maybe you need to change the paint color, going back to the house. Maybe you need, you know, you want a fireplace, whatever it may be, but you, you know, you start recalibrating and saying, yeah, you know what I thought I wanted isn't actually what I wanted. And so there's, there's some oscillating that goes back, I believe in that, that realm mm -hmm. as well to perfect what it is you want based on the dreams or goals or lifestyle, whatever it is, you, you know, financial, whatever it is you're looking for, you know, in your life. Um, 
And I just want people to understand that, you know, as we're talking about this mode is that um, it's, I don't feel my personal opinion. I don't feel it's a direct, I scaled now I'm going to sell, or I'm going to, you know, maintain. I feel like there's still some oscillating that goes back in there and saying, okay, am I happy? I'm standing back and I'm looking at my house. Am I happy with my house? Or are there things that I still want to work on? And, um, Mm. and I think that's what makes it exciting as a business owner, because that releases that boredom effect, right? Some of the boredom pieces that, that we have in saying, Hey, I've grown. And so now I want to introduce this or I've grown and I want to eliminate that. Absolutely. So if we, if we stick to our (laughs) housing analogy, um, say you have something that says, I want to buy a commercial rental unit and I'm just going to stick with it just because I did my head as an example. Uh, and they're like, I just want to be able to maintain this building and it's going to be great. You know, it's going to give me a residual income forever. That's going to be fantastic. Yeah. And then you get to that point, you achieve that goal and awesome. And, and I think it's important when you achieve any goal to be able to revisit it, because we used to teach people how to set goals and achieve them. They go, Oh, I want a boat and I want a cabin on the lake and I want this and I want that. And then they realize, I hate the cabin on the lake. The boat is way too much. I'd rather rent a bigger one. Right, it's a destination. And it's not what you want, which is totally cool. And that's fine. That's totally fine. There's no way you would have known that unless you got there and did the thing. But as I always say, is whatever happens, walk, don't run. Yeah. So if you don't like the cabin, great. Walk away from it. Don't run away from it. What Mm -hmm. do you have to do? What's scaring you about this? What's freaking out about it? And, and figure that out and decide consciously where you want to go from there and, and how do you build that out? So yes to absolutely all of those things. And I think the same thing happens coming back to um, their marketing automation, which sounds really weird, is that a lot of people get sold on a lot of software to be able to do the things that they want them to do. So going back to what we were talking originally when we started this is people are going out and doing Facebook ads way before they should be. They don't know who their market is. They don't have the messaging and they're throwing money into the bonfire of Facebook and they don't even get the marshmallows as a benefit out of it. So you (laughs) want to be able to (laughs) go through and kind of let's start with strategy. Where do you want to go? What's the end game? How do you want to get there? I think we articulated that pretty well. The systems that you need to put in place in order to Mm. go through these phases, I think is one area that we kind of overlooked a little bit because that one, most people hate talking about. (laughs) They don't like having to take the ideas out of their head and put them onto paper and or video and or whatever. But having an onboarding process for your clients is paramount. Having an onboarding process for your new teammates is paramount. Having systems in place that allow your ideal client to be able to find you, give you money, be able to get their fulfillment from you as quickly and easily as possible is also paramount within that framework. And you want to be able to figure out what that is. And a lot of people will, like I said, go through being sold software instead of thinking about or going to somebody and saying, okay, what software do I need to do this job? This is where I want my business to go and how do I do that? And I think they're in a awesome opportunity right now in that there are more fractional CIOs out there right now and CSOs than ever before because it didn't really exist as a thing before. 
But right. now you can get somebody that would have charged 500,000 a year and you pay them a couple of hundred bucks and get a consultation to figure out <laughs> how do I get this done? What's the best route for me? And some of them will just know by looking at it, which is fantastic. Some of them might have to do a little bit of research into it. And either way, you're leaps and bounds ahead of where you would have been because you took the time to get a consultation from somebody that knows the systems, implements them all day long, as opposed to you going, hey, can you go do some research and see which CRM is better? Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah, I know. And believe me, I've gone through that too. You know, for four years, I was I was messing around with, you know, this system, that system. And everybody you talk to says, well, I use this. That's what you should use and you should redo it. And by the way, this happens in websites as well. Every time I get a web designer on, they're like, I don't know why you're using this platform because it's stupid. I have to rebuild the whole platform now. So when I said, well, how much is this going to cost me? And they told me it all of a sudden became, oh yeah, no, it's much, much more. Or it's not running as fast. So, and it's because you have that plug-in or this thing and, you know, it's finding someone you can trust who will give you, who knows about all of them and give you a, a neutral discussion or neutral uh, counsel on what works best for you, your finances, your type of business, your personality style, your capacity, your resources, all of those things, your utility, all of those things. Good luck finding them. Good luck finding them. That's the biggest, that's the biggest, what? I think, challenge, you know, out <laughs> in the market. So, and, and, and I mean, it's just, it's just really Absolutely. a tough thing. And that's why I'm, you know, what, that's why I'm bringing you on here because I know that you have some knowledge around that and you're not, you know, tethered to any specific anything that says, you know, this is how you're going to have to do it. So, and there's so much more we could talk about that our time is running out. Unfortunately. So Michelle, what is, what is the best way for someone to get in touch with you? Because you have so much knowledge and so much, so many ideas on how to, you know, digitize your, your business, sequence your business. Um, You know, my practice is all about relationships all about mindset, right? And, and that's what I focus on. And I definitely have systems in place, but they're, they're uh, systems for creating attraction. It's not the type of systems that yours are. So I want people to get in touch with you to have some type of complimentary conversation with you to figure out what are my next steps? So what is the best way for them to reach you? I have lots of links that we'll be using, but what is the best way? Uh, the best way I would say is to actually go to the site and download the web audit uh, because the website audit will give you a comprehensive report between 30 and 50 pages about what your website's doing, where it's at, what your green lights are, what your yellow lights are, and what your red lights are. So where right now the Google gods are giving you green lights where your traffic can flow to your site. Right. Yellow lights means that you're doing something that's slowing down your traffic. And red lights are, they're stopping your traffic completely. You got to fix that. At the end of that, you'll get a link to be able to book a discovery call with me. It's a half hour. And regardless of where you're at in business, regardless of what you have going on, my goal is to help you to strategize so you have a plan that you can take away from that and, and feel great about the direction you're going. After that, if you're interested, we do have a blueprint, which is exactly what we were talking about earlier, about being able to get a CIO's eyes on your system and saying, hey, based on your goals, this is kind of the system you want. This is going to fail you, but there's other things that you can put in place. If you're between a million and $20 million, 
uh, we have the roadmap and the same process is going to take place. It's just further in depth and working with you, setting up your goals, creating a, an actual five-year plan for you that you can then go out and run with. And we'd love to be able to help you to do that. I love that. I love that you're offering all of those opportunities. So thank you. So can you uh, tell us what is the website? Awarenessstrategies.com. So yes, there's three S's in the middle, I-E-S on the end. And uh, you should see the website audit right front and center. <laughs> okay, good. I just want to make sure that we're using the right the right website. Um, I appreciate everything. Um, <laughs> if there's one thing you could leave for us today, what is the one thing you want to say today? It could be a quote. It could be go look at a book. It could be, you know, a mantra. It could be a tip. One thing you want to leave with. My us. number one thing is always, if you are an entrepreneur, I want you to understand that I think you're the bravest person in the world. And I commend you. I bow down and here to help you in any way, shape or form I can, because I think entrepreneurs are going to save the world. And the more we can encourage each other, help each other and support each other, it's going to make the world a fantastic place because of the growth we have to go through to be successful in that realm. So basically, keep on swimming, keep on swimming, right? From Nemo. <laughs> Just exactly. Swimming. <laughs> My favorite. I, I, I can't sing, but that's exactly what it is, is we got to keep plugging along and we have to continue to listen to podcasts like mine and yours and others. And, you know, just keep learning and keep swimming and keep, keep going at it. Keep going. What do they say? Get, just keep doing it. I don't know. Do it. Just do it. Whatever. We'll, we'll bring it back to Nike again today. <laughs> yeah, just do it. Michelle, <laughs> Michelle, sure. I, you know, we've, we've had many, many conversations um, that had nothing to do with anything, but uh, you know, it's just been a pleasure getting to know you. I continue, I, you know, I hope that you're going to be, you know, part of my world for years to come. And I, uh, I really appreciate all this insight and all this good information that you've provided to our listeners today. So thank you so, so much for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. No, it was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. So everyone, thank you again for listening in today. And don't forget to click on the subscribe button. Don't just listen once, subscribe. Listen to what we're talking about every single week and go to YouTube. We have the link in the notes below. Go to YouTube, my new YouTube channel. Subscribe there as well because uh, you're going to find out we don't have as many followers as we'd like to, which Michelle's going to probably talk to me about. Um, but we, uh, but the more that you come there, the better, the better that we are. So I appreciate you uh, listening and we'll catch you next time. You've been listening to success to significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact. Loved this episode. Be sure to subscribe right now at www.jenduplessis.com slash S2S for more stories, strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.